Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Blue Sneeder John, uh, and I have Chelsea today. Hello. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to see you again. It's been a little bit. It's great to have you, Chelsea. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm not used to hosting, so Dr. Nikoi, <laughs> um, he gave me this job last minute. Yes. And uh, matter of fact, before this, we were talking, everyone needs, I wish everyone could see his mustache. He's got a mustache right now. Yeah, and he has the, the fireman mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's great. It is. Great. Everyone needs to see it. It's a whole new side of him that you haven't met yet, I think. <laughs> we're just wondering how long it stays. I bet not long, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think maybe we should ask Shelby. <laughs> I think she would probably know how long it's going to stay. <laughs> well, we're, let's have fun today. Okay, uh, I think we have a, we got a challenging topic to talk about. For sure. Yeah. So kind of wanting to talk a little bit about weight regain. So basically after surgery, you know, you lose down and then those pounds kind of creep back on and kind of what to do in those times. Which is, I think, one of the hardest things as a patient to see for sure um you automatically think there's something wrong i'm doing something wrong i failed um, because you're kind of in that mentality from all of the diets and things that you've done in the past that did the same thing to you and i and i hate to say this but it's it's normal right it's normal yeah um and what we're going to do today is kind of walk through how to view that why your body's doing it for sure and and things that you can kind of do to to um try to turn that around or Mm -hmm. or also just i think understand the mindset of what's happening definitely absolutely yeah so i think kind of like you mentioned it is normal and i think a lot of people maybe we don't do a good enough job educating people on that in the beginning um but i tend to see you know your body's going to dip a little bit below where it actually wants to be and then you'll kind of see a gradual rise maybe about a 10 to 15 percent weight regain and that's something that i would consider normal what about you yep i agree and i think here's the challenging thing, like you said, as far as being able to communicate this to patients is when I see someone the first time and we're talking about options, sleeve, doodle switch, how long they've struggled with their weight mm-hmm. um, and their medical issues that that, that play a role in that, uh, diabetes and other things like that, that not everyone is going to have the same response from a sleeve. Mm-hmm. Their weight loss is not going to be the same. Right. There's so many factors that play a role into that, and that also plays into the regain of weight. Uh, age plays a role. For sure, yeah. Muscle mass plays a role. Um, how long do you struggle with your weight? Because if, if your body is so metabolically um, wrecked mm-hmm. that you, know, you may not lose the, the amount of weight of someone that is 20 years old and hasn't had years of weight struggles. For sure, yeah, great point. Uh, so I think I think the first thing is just going into this uh, expectations of you know how much weight do I am I going to lose, and 
how long. That's another thing. I think mm-hmm. I always quote a, a year yeah. uh, on a sleeve um, and then a switch is two years. Yeah. Um, and then once you kind of get to that point, that's when you start seeing that lowest weight. And then here, you know, you're going to start noticing a little bit of regain of weight. Definitely. Uh, should patients freak out when they start seeing that, Chelsea? <laughs> Ideally, no. Remain calm. <laughs> yeah. um, because it is normal. And, you know, it's a natural response. I also think, too, you know, it kind of depends on what type of weight regain are we talking about? Is it, you know, you woke up in the morning and you were two pounds heavier than you were yesterday? It's not really weight regain, right? Um, but if we're talking about, you know, over the last five, six months, my weight's, you know, been creeping up a pound or two here and there, that's where we do want to evaluate. I think the body is really amazing at giving us those signals saying, hey, there's something you might want to look at here. And that's just kind of one thing that we can, you know, be clued into is, okay, hey, maybe there is something that I need to address um, and just kind of maybe do a little bit of a reset there. I think one thing I hear from patients is they always think they're doing something wrong. Yes, absolutely. And um, I think that's where I hope today will, you know, you kind of have a checklist that you can kind of go by and saying, all right, what 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 can I possibly do to make sure that I'm doing everything I can? For sure. Yeah, and I'll kind of step up on a soapbox if you if that's good <laughs> for just a second. You know, I think um, most of the people who are going through this process of surgery, you've been through the gamut as far as diets and weight loss medications and whatever else it might be. And they are conditioning you to believe that there is something inherently wrong with you and that's why whatever method you've done before hasn't worked and so it is a lot of a mental shift I think um, to kind of get past that and recognize hey my body is good um, and I can do this and it's not necessarily something inherently wrong with me like I just don't have the willpower or I just am not successful and I can't do it Um, those are lies so go ahead and get that negative thinking kind of process process out um, because that's it's not helpful. And I tell you, I'm, I'm going to go off on a little <clears throat> rabbit trail here, but I think also that I want to encourage patients is, you know, we're learning so much about nutrition right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, what I taught my patients five years ago versus now is different. And what I encourage patients is tune into like our podcast, because what we hope to start doing is rolling out everything that we're learning. Uh, because I think there are some things that, that, that as a patient, if you had surgery five years ago, you could maybe sharpen right now as far as For what sure. you're eating, what you're doing uh, to help kind of get your body going back where it needs to be. Yeah, definitely. It's a process and nutrition is, it's a very young science. So always learning, always improving. <laughs> so let's go just uh, through a few things. Uh, I want to kind of comment on um, why do we start regaining that weight? And I think the easiest way to explain this is our body, uh, there's this, this theory called set point. And in our brain, there, it has a weight that our body wants to defend. Right. And unfortunately, in, in a lot of us who have gained 50 to 100 pounds over the years, that there's so much inflammation and other issues that have distorted that, that set point to an to a unhealthy set point. And so when you, under either, when you undergo surgery, 
surgery resets that set point. Right, exactly. But it doesn't mean that your body doesn't want to try to defend it. Right. And so as you lose that 100 pounds over a year, um, it is going to try to go back to some new set point, which is lower. Uh, and so it's natural for you to bounce around uh, and find in that new set point. And I think the key is, is creating really good habits mm-hmm. after surgery where that set point is at a healthy yes. spot. And little plug here, podcast coming soon on creating those healthy habits, right? I think I heard that from the last one. <laughs> we, we, we love talking about this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And you know, I always tell patients too, when I'm talking to them, where's that number? Cause they all have it. You know, where is that number where you have struggled in the past to get below yeah. a lot of people? It's that 200. Um, and I kind of joke, it's kind of your body's way of just like keeping you honest. It's like, nope, I'm going to be super stubborn and you are not going to see a one in front of your weight for a long time. Like I'm going to make you really, really work for it. But that is ultimately kind of what we're talking about with that set point theory is that your body has that number maybe it's 200 pounds for you that it wants to defend and it wants to stay at so time and consistency and good habits are really what's going to get you kind of past that point and moving forward and and learning uh i was actually i'm gonna again go down another rabbit rabbit trail trail i was talking to my cousin and uh this morning and basically i'm a creature of habit and I thought a year ago I had really good habits. Mm-hmm. And I've even learned this last year that what I was doing for breakfast wasn't working for me. Sure. So yeah. I had to change what I was doing and, and lo and behold, my body responded to that. <clears throat> right. And so I think it's a continual uh, learning what, what your body, how it responds and, and, sure. and changing things if you need to, but in the, in the mindset of really good habits. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm with you. So maybe we want to touch on a few of the things like that checklist you're talking about. Let's go through it. Okay. Yeah. So I think first is just kind of going back to the basics, right? Um, Not freaking out, not going and doing, I always hear of this um, pouch reset diet. I think you've heard of it before. (laughs) Uh, You know, people go back to doing only liquids or their pre-op diet or something like that. Um, And we'll just not go into that a whole lot, but short story doesn't work and it can be more damaging than it can be helpful. So don't do that. Number one step, don't go do a pouch reset diet. Can I comment on one thing? Sure. Yeah. I think if there's any theory out there of why that would maybe people think it's going to work is they probably started developing, they're consuming lots of sugar Mm -hmm. in their diet and getting them back to cutting that sugar out in their pre-op diet or post-op diet, that's probably the thing that, that's why they may drop a few pounds. So if anything, cut out all the processed added sugar in your diet. For sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You don't necessarily, it's not necessarily about going back to liquids, it's about getting rid of some of the other stuff you've added. Correct. Definitely. Um, Well, so I would say number one, food-wise, is just to kind of work on balanced meals. So we talk a lot in the beginning about, you know, protein, vegetables, getting in those fats. Um, But as time goes on, I think those carbohydrates and those sugars and the processed, ultra-processed foods really start to creep back in. And so those are the things I think you can really, that's first thing is just kind of evaluate, maybe start tracking your food for a little bit, not forever, but just for a little bit, to kind of see what you've added in that way you can know okay how do i need to rearrange this how do i need to make those changes nope i would echo that um and again i see most patients including me myself as far <laughs> as what 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 happens i get into the 
added sugar. Yep. Uh, the processed vegetable oils. Um, I'm eating out a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't control what I'm actually eating. So getting back home, cooking food. Yes, good food. Um, and then, and then I hope we can kind of mention this that most patients are out far enough that we could, you know, also add in some intermittent fasting or compressed eating. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, for example, I do lunch and dinner, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and don't and don't eat breakfast. And so that's something also that can kind of throw your body. Um, that metabolic thing that it needs to kind of get you going. Yeah, kind of a little kickstart. Yep. Yeah, and you know, if you're only having to make choices of what you're eating for lunch and dinner versus breakfast, lunch, and dinner, two choices is always easier than three <laughs> to make those good choices. So always something to think about for sure, plus other metabolic benefits, but yeah. What else, okay. Chelsea? Um, so number two, I would say water. So a lot of people get back to, you know, kind of going back to sweet tea or coffee with lots of creamer in it, sodas, whatever it might be. Go back to drinking your water, your unsweet tea, your black coffee, kind of get back in that habit. Um, I tell you, when I don't stay hydrated during the day with lots of water, um, I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And and there have been some studies to look at weight loss that you actually, it helps. And so <clears throat> stay and hydrated. just appetite regulation too, mm -hmm. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, so stay hydrated. It's summer right now, so hopefully you're getting that in. And you can even throw in the electrolytes if you need to. I've been throwing in um, lemons and limes. Uh -huh. And just make, be creative. Um, That's right. Make your water interesting. Exactly. Make it taste good. Without, Not bad. Without the sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe if you live in Amarillo, don't drink the tap water. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely filtered water. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, number three is just move your body. Um, so it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be in the gym for hours a day, um, but moving your body and getting in that activity. I think a lot of people just underestimate the benefit of exercise and being able to maintain whatever weight you've lost already. No, I echo that. I think uh, if you were doing some resistance or weights to build muscle mass, um, that is a key component. Sure. Uh, even if it's five or 10 minutes, three times a week. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I've been challenging some of my patients is walking after dinner. Oh yeah, getting that movement, get the stuff flowing. And the glucose, you there's a blunting of the glucose rise when you take a five to 10 minute walk after you eat. Yeah. And so um, I think that that's a, a great place to start. For sure. Yeah. And you know, that's another thing too. Sometimes we've got people who are actually overdoing it on the exercise. You know, rest is also important. And so maybe you can evaluate, am I in the gym for two hours a day, five days a week? Um, am I overdoing it? You know, maybe your body actually needs rest from exercise. And so I always think, and you can tell me what your thought process is on this, but with exercise, you want to get everything. You want to get a little bit of cardio, a little bit of resistance. You want to get some type of flexibility, mobility type training, and then some type of restful, um, like active recovery type exercise, like a yoga or, you know, meditation or something similar to that stretching. But Chelsea, we've been told that the more I exercise, the more weight I'm going to lose. So how, how, what, why, why, what's going on <laughs> there? Know, isn't that wild? <laughs> and there are so many people out there who could tell you, you know, that didn't work for me. <laughs> 
So it's, you know, it is one of those things. You are kind of believed to eat less, do more. We've talked about that on the podcast before. And that's just simply not how it works. There is a point at which your body doesn't want you to do more and it's not actually beneficial. It's hurtful. Um, And so your body needs rest. That's how it was designed. We've got to have time to, uh, you know, break down the muscle, build it back up, recover fully, and not just muscles, everything else too. So uh, stress, over-exercising is stress. Let's just call it for what it is. And so stress is not helpful for weight loss, as we all know. And so you can actually be causing more stress on your body internally, more inflammation, if you are over-exercising. Great explanation. So, okay, Um, mindset, we've really already talked about this, but a lot of times people will say, oh, I just need to go back to, like we mentioned, that pouch reset diet or back to the pre-op diet. Really, it's going back to, you know, what are you choosing? What foods are you choosing? What habits have you gotten into that maybe you were doing differently in the beginning and kind of getting back there. So rather than thinking, oh, you know, there's a specific diet that I need to follow now or whatever it is, uh, actually changing your mindset rather than changing other things that sometimes we can control a little bit better um, is going to be more helpful. And I I can't overemphasize 80 to 90% of our weight loss is what we eat. Mm -hmm. So you got to really look at what you're eating and, and take a honest evaluation of it. For sure. Um, And so get rid of the processed foods, get rid of the added sugar, um, the, the vegetable oils, get back to whole foods. Yeah. Um, Cooking on your own, like you mentioned. Cooking on your own. I think think, uh, the key to health is getting in your kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. And enjoy it. Have fun with it. (laughs) Yes. Get creative. And and cooking. And I hope, you know, we've always, we've always, we want to do this. And matter of fact, I think we're going to start a more robust way of doing this is is doing some videos. Sure. Um, And I think we can show that it's not that hard to cook healthy. Yeah. And, and, it's and, fun. and maybe Bo's mustache could make an appearance I in these I don't know if it's going to make it long enough to make the videos. We'll see. All right. <laughs> um, so kind of on the line of mindset, I think the next thing is just recognizing that consistency is really what's required to kind of get you back on track, um, see more of the weight loss versus regain or any of that. So it's not going to happen overnight. You know, it's not like, okay, to day one, I started making all these changes that they talked about and I haven't lost any weight. Uh, what do I do now? Something's wrong. Um, but that's just not how it works, unfortunately. Our life is the sum of our day-to-day habits. Mm-hmm. And if you have healthy habits, um, it will pay off in the end. Right. So like you said, you have to get get into that spot and you have to stay there and be patient. That's right. And part of that might, I think, even be not paying attention to the number for a while. Um, You know, first things that are going to change, energy levels, your stamina, um, and the weight is generally the last thing that changes. So make sure you're paying attention to those things. You know, uh, when I woke up early, I actually felt good. I felt ready for my day. Uh, My head felt clear. I had the energy to go throughout the day. I was able to walk 30 minutes instead of 20 or, you know, whatever it is. So I think those things you can focus on some of those wins versus just the scale. I tell you, I, I encourage all patients to really start paying attention to how their body feels, like you said, mm-hmm. because I know this, I just came off a of vacation. I was out of my routine mm-hmm. and, and I, I made the best choices given the circumstances, but yeah. I didn't 
feel as good as I normally do because of what I was eating. Yeah. And and when you get in tune to listen to your body, you know when you're on the right track. Absolutely. Or you're not. Yeah, your body will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's very obvious. And you're like, man, I got to get back to it. Excellent. Okay. Um, this one is really only for people who have had this surgery, but I think going back to not eating and drinking at the same time, that's one that we kind of glaze over sometimes and forget about, but it can really help you to feel those body signals of I'm actually full. Um, versus if you're eating and drinking together, we kind of liquefy everything, move it through the body and you may or may not continue to be full. So, um, I think going back to that, eat your meal first, drink about 30 minutes later. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can they have a little sip of water when they eat? Yeah, you know, okay. everybody chokes a little okay. when okay. they eat. <laughs> so have a few sips. Totally fine. But don't finish your 32-ounce glass of tea <laughs> that they give you at the restaurant. Yeah. All right. Um, sleep. And I know this one, you know, it's not nutrition related, so it's often looked over as well. But again, going back to that rest, um, your entire body needs rest. And so if you're not getting that good sleep, um, that's going to be one of those things that might be hindering you from getting down to whatever your goal might be. So I'm going to stop on this one. This is my hardest one. Mm. Um, Genetically, my parents both don't sleep well, oh, and it's been bummer. passed on. <laughs> uh, and so, I actually wear a glucose monitor, and when I and I wore an aura ring, mm-hmm. so it monitors my sleep. And this is this to me has been so fascinating. So, when I have a night that I don't sleep well, okay, my glucose monitor, I get insulin resistant. Like in the morning, you have high blood sugar. Yes. Yeah. So it. This cannot be overemphasized. Um, If you're not getting seven hours or more a night, okay, which there's some cool technology to be able to measure that out there. Uh, Apple watches do it, uh, the Aura Ring, um, that it causes insulin resistance and therefore starts that pathway of driving weight gain. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, if you're in a job where you're working night shifts, yeah, uh, that can drive some of that weight gain. Um, having young kids, mm-hmm. uh, all these different things. As we get older, we don't sleep as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you know how how can I improve that? I think things that I've done in my own life is I know I have to go to bed earlier. Okay, because I'm going to wake up at five o'clock every morning <laughs> on the dime. Five twelve. Yeah. It's five twelve <laughs> every morning. <Goodness. laughs> um, two is is. I, I really have to minimize being on my phone. Mm, yeah, that like blue light kind Correct. of exposure, or Correct. just your brain's going. I'm, I'm thinking about whatever I'm watching. Don't yeah. be going through the Twitter feed. Don't be going through the Facebook. For sure. um, also, there are some supplements that you can do. Um, you know, magnesium mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is one. Uh, turmeric. Yeah. Um, and so there are some things that you can do out there to kind of help more natural ways. For sure. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I've never struggled in the sleep department. <laughs> I mean, I'm that's envious. not true. I did have young children at one point. <laughs> They're still young, but they sleep now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, but man, I get my sleep. In fact, I have a feeling I'm going to be that like old person who you're talking to and they just kind of doze off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it in like 20, 30 years. That's going to be me. <laughs> uh, be grateful and thankful. Yes, I, I absolutely am. Um, now, one thing I do want to say is if patients do have sleep apnea, if that's mm-hmm. undiagnosed, yeah. that is, you're not getting good sleep at night and therefore that's driving 
weight gain. Mm-hmm. And so just make sure that if there's any of those signs and symptoms that uh, get your primary care, your pulmonologist, get that evaluated. Definitely. Yeah. If your spouse is telling you, hey, you snore a lot at night, or if you wake up and you like, I've got, I got 10 hours of sleep and I feel so tired. Those are a couple of things that it should kind of, you know, trigger that in your brain. Hey, maybe I need to talk to my doctor about that because you're never going to get that good sleep if you are struggling with sleep apnea for sure. Okay. All right. So lastly is finding that support and accountability. I think this one also can't be stressed enough. I might've said that about every point, but (laughs) um, support and accountability. I mean, it's hard changes when you're trying to make lifestyle changes, habit changes, you know, new rhythms, new daily rhythms, all of that. So um, I think finding people or a group of people or even just one person that's willing to be there and say, Hey, um, let's go exercise together or let's not go out to eat tonight. You know, let's, let's, cook at home or something like that. Finding those people who are truly behind you and for you and encouraging is priceless, I think. And I think, you know, we do have a support group. Yes. Uh, and then also, I think I find this personally in our in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we, my wife and I, the kids, we're all striving to be healthier together. It's way easier. Absolutely. Then uh, I know I have a lot of patients that their spouse just is not quite on board. Right. Uh, they're they're willing. They don't want to change a lot of their eating habits, and that's hard. For sure. That's yeah. really hard. Absolutely. Uh, and so finding that that accountability person, I think, it's key. Or just have a sit down with the whole family and say, Hey, this is really important to me, and I want all y'all to hear me. Right. And uh, let's you know for for my health, uh, I need all y'all to be on board. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to, you're going to still eat good food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to find out, this is, I use this example, my little girls, um, they want to go home and eat at home. Yeah. If we're going out, you know, a few times during the week, they, they've made that statement. We'd like to go home and eat our food. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's, that's, that just makes me happy. For sure. Yeah. And, and I encourage other patients, uh, their whole family, that, that, that is, a, I think a key to success and having that conversation with everyone. Yeah. Because if you are trying your best, you know, but you've still got this exposure, you still got the family member who brings in whatever it is that you have the hardest saying no Dr. To. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Oh, that's kind of mine too. <laughs> okay. I, no Dr. I'm Pepper. I'm not going to, well, here's what I've found is I do not have the willpower mm-hmm. to resist that. Sure. If it comes in the house, yeah, right. I mean, I'm. I admit, I am weak. Yep. And I'm going to drink that Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yep. So we have to keep that stuff out of the yeah, house. Yeah, you've got a plan for that, and and like not having to cook two meals. It's not yeah. like you're cooking a meal for you and your wife, and then the kids are eating something different. Um, but I think what you said, just actually verbalizing that need, hey family like this is what I need from you guys and I would love it if you came alongside and supported me in this and you know here's how you can best support me I think sometimes if you're the family member that's trying to be supportive you may not know exactly what they need and so just feeling that freedom to verbalize that working through that this has been great yeah so So I've learned a lot (laughs) well good I learned that you have a problem with Dr. Pepper (laughs) I do. I, so I, I think I, may, I quoted this the other day. Um, I had a patient tell me the other day that he had a crack cocaine addiction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was harder for him to quit Dr. Pepper yeah. than it was 
crack cocaine. And I think that that highlights how addictive um, soft drinks sugar can be. In sugar, general. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And so if you're struggling out there, that's you're not by yourself. You are not alone, for sure. And I, you know, there are some actually really amazing studies out there that have shown brain studies of like, hey, here's what food addiction looks like and here's what a drug addiction looks like. And they're very similar. They're very similar. Um, and and unfortunately, food isn't one of those things where you can just completely get rid of it in your life. So I think that's actually part of what makes it harder. I'm not a therapist or anything, but <laughs> I've worked with a lot of them. So, um, you know, if that is you, I think a lot of people do deal with food addiction and that's one of those things pretty commonly where you can see that weight regain. Um, work with a therapist. Um, encourage you to talk to somebody. We've got Kristen Wiley locally that we work with who's amazing, but there's also other people out there. So find somebody, if that's where you get your support and accountability, make it so. It's okay to say, hey, I got a, I got a problem. Yeah. I mean, all of this, we struggle with all kinds of things. Definitely. So. Yeah, and you know, let me plug our support group one more time. So it meets in the lobby um, of our office at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. If you're interested in coming, come along. Well, I enjoyed visiting Chelsea. You as well. Great information. Absolutely. Okay, guys. Well, I guess we will catch you next time. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Have a good week. Bye-bye.